I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest is Makosi Himi, a shaman with such a beautiful message of healing and shamanic rituals for us to learn from and grow and heal from a deeper level than most of us know is even possible. I am so excited for you to meet her. But before I bring her on, let me remind you about our free masterclass on March 5th at 5 o'clock Pacific time with Vanessa Stewart, the woman who I had on this podcast a couple months ago who channels the angels. You will get to ask her questions and have her tell you what archangels surround you and so much more magical wisdom. I am also hosting a five-day Kiss Your Limiting Beliefs Goodbye Challenge the week of March 7th. You can sign up for both of those events in the show notes or just email direct at ashleygonner at gmail.com and I'll send you all the information. Or you can always go to my website and get the links to sign up there. I wanted to thank you to those who have given this show a review. Reading them means so much to me. I appreciate all of your messages on Instagram and Facebook after you listen to the show. I just never know who is listening. And when you send me those messages, it brings me such joy. So thank you. Let me tell you about Makosi Himi before I bring her on. Here is a quote from her website. I'm here for those remembering the importance of our roots. Our origins are healing and thus seeking the guidance of ancestral spirits and nature to reclaim their gifts, birthrights, and blessings. Makosi Himi Gogo is a Sangoma priestess, diviner, prayer warrior, and healer. Her work is dedicated to using ancestral shamanic practices and ceremonial traditions to facilitate healing activations, and growth. As a thought leader, visionary, and storyteller, her words have been featured on The Crawl, Wake Up World, Mind Body Green, and other online publications. Her healing practice is rooted in ancient African cosmologies and spiritual traditions that elevate our consciousness. She walks the path of a wisdom keeper devoted to preserving and honoring the ancestral way of healing. So without further ado, please welcome Makosi Himi to the show. Welcome, Makosi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this has been such a fun adventure to meet you and to understand shamanism, how you became a shaman. Mm. And, you know, I've been telling my friends, we're, you know, talking about 
shamanism and the dedication and what it takes to become a shaman. Mm. So I want to know the backstory of your life and what brought you to become this. uh, It's African. It's an African shaman, right? Zulu. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So explain to me how this journey got to be where you are today. Absolutely. So I was actually born in West Africa in a small country called Burkina Faso. And my family moved to the States when I was about four years old. And so I, I was kind of had a regular suburban upbringing on, on the East Coast in Maryland. I grew up Catholic, went to school, did all the regular things. And towards the end of high school, I started to have like this, what is my purpose? What am I going to do as an adult? And I wanted to delve into my um, religion more deeply. I was um, born Catholic. And in trying to just like be more religious, I found more resistance and, and less answers, answers to my questions. And I was introduced to um, like a metaphysical book. And it really just opened up my mind because at the time I was kind of had a mild depression, feeling purposeless, feeling a sense of disconnect that I didn't understand. And some of these universal teachings kind of felt me, made me feel more answered or like there was a way forward. Because if there's this concept of the soul and it's inside of me and it has all the answers, then if I just figure out how to tap into that, then I'll find my way. And I started at this self-study, spiritual junk, junkie type of space. And what I was receiving was helping me, but I was like, I want to live and know this to be true and not just have this information, outside information coming to rely on, want to feel and know it inside of me. And so when I started to open myself up to like spiritual communities and finding like minds, the first thing that I came across was like a, a, a spiritual retreat led by Black women. And they invited a, a, an Af- a Native African-American shaman to lead the sweat lodge ceremony. And that was my first introduction to anything elemental or shamanic. And it was, I didn't even have a lot of personal experiences in that, but just being in the space and and seeing like a different world really intrigued me to see that people can connect to nature like this. And um, so from there, I was introduced to an African shaman and got my first spiritual reading. And in that consult, it's like I heard from my ancestors for the first time and discovered that I had a calling, right? That I was called to do something similar to the woman who was speaking to me. And at the time, I had no idea what that even meant. She's like, you're supposed to be a priestess. I was like, okay, what does that mean? And it took me a while to like get into it, but I jumped in. It was like, okay, I'm starting an initiation. I'm following this elder who can see something in me that I don't see within myself yet. And so I went through a three-year process where it was, it's, I call it a um, parallel to like the monk path. There's certain prayers and rituals you have to do every day, certain protocols, certain aspects of the world that you shed. And so for me, what that looked like was learning the traditional songs, the drumming, um, the art of dreaming, doing the cleanses and the plant medicines to open up and unlock those things. Um, for me, it was a very apprenticeship type of learning where you absorb by actually practicing and doing and being, having an elder to reflect back to you what's happening. And what really you know, I had a hard time because it wasn't like everything came easy to me. It felt very slow. I felt like I was in the wrong place. But then I started to have dreams and experiences with ancestors coming through and showing signs and symbolisms and me seeing things and it happening, you know, weeks or months later. And so that's when 
I started to really like accept and continue to move forward. And um, it's been about seven years now that I've been working as an African traditional healer or Sangoma, as we call it. And the tradition that I come from is, is the Southern Bantu, Southern South Africa region, and is very earth-based type of spirituality. Definitely have the consciousness of God, but the elements of nature and the ancestors, the understanding how those energies within our DNA are impacting where our problems, our blockages, and our gifts and our purpose and our destiny are. So through the art of divination, consulting, going through the, to this in-between space to receive messages from the spiritual realm and um, seeing a map of someone's life and then be able to apply remedies to the messages um, or the root problems that are brought forth through ritual through plant medicines and cleanses, through prayers, through song, through dance, and altered states of consciousness. Um, so that's like the overall of what my work looks like. Um, you Hold know, on one second. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's go back a little bit. Yes. So what I understand about um, shamanism is it's an ancestral, explain that. because So when that woman said you were a priestess or that shaman had said, you are a priestess. She was reading your ancestral line, your DNA. So we psychics, shamans, and, and healers all kind of tap into the spiritual realm different ways, right? It can be a trance state. They could use oracle objects. In our tradition, we use objects like shells and bones and we cast them and it creates like a constellation or a map. And then we read and also listen and channel to our guides on a more telepathic level or visionary level to interpret the signs and the symbols that we see that are relevant to your life. So I can see that your ancestors on your grandmother's side are in a state of mourning. You know, there's something that happened that suppressed the women and your mother is really feeling this and you're feeling this in this way and it's showing up in your life in this way. Right. So we kind of take those symbolisms from the spiritual realm and, and articulate in a way that um, you can understand how it relates to your life. Your ancestors, she read from your ancestors that you, it's in you to be a yeah. shaman. Yes. A so, yes. So one of the ways that you can think about it is that because I went through this training process, I've aligned and cultivated a relationship with the elevated ancestral guardians who knew how to do this, right? Who okay. knew how to tune into nature and listen and receive messages for healing. Right. So I tap into those guides and they can communicate with your guides or they can communicate with your energy body. And that information is translated through me. OK, so you before this training, you didn't know you had a the psychic ability and nothing like that. You had no idea. You were just this little Catholic girl that learned about God and Jesus. <laughs> yes, exactly. Huh. OK, so. Explain to me then the DNA and like when, so you're, you're throwing bones and whatever out and you're reading that. Like if I was going to have a reading with you, mm. you would throw something on the ground. Yes. I would open up with a prayer and um, I would, it's like a little bag that the objects are in and I throw them on a mat and then there's like a pattern that I read. Huh? Yeah. And it's very similar to like, oracle cards or tarot because there's images on them and so these objects create an imagery so if 
like when you have a client and you're, you have to be in front of them, obviously mm-hmm. in their energy, you mm-hmm. couldn't do it like on a zoom call. No, I also do phone calls and zoom calls. Oh, you do. Okay. Um, and so like you would know from my ancestors, from looking at that formation, if it was in my DNA to be a shaman, mm. you would see yeah. that. Yeah, we can see that in many ways. We can see that through the the reading. I can see that by interpreting your dreams. I can see that by because you're even when you talk about your life, I can tune into the energy behind what you're saying, right? Because the bones and these oracle cards are saying the same thing that your lived experience is saying. We're just able to tune in because because if there's a veil over the world, we're just able to look at the world with the veil, um, you know, unleashed. Huh. Okay. So I want to know if I came to you, you would sense who I was through the way I spoke about my story, mm. my life. I mean, I was listing them many ways, but in the reading, I start with the bones or I okay. start with prayer and I tune in and I listen. And then as we're, it's also conversational because I'm as, as I'm speaking, your certain thoughts may come to your mind or certain feelings. And so it's also, we're listening to that and responding back, or you may, I may say something you're like, you know what? I had a dream that was related to that. And then we also unpack the dreams. So it's really an open space. The bones set the, set the stage. And um, we tap into whatever comes through, how it comes through. Have you explained to me a session that you've had where you just were like, oh my gosh, this person just couldn't believe it. What, what, what happens in readings like that? Well, I think that most people are really connect in the reading two ways. One, when something is said that no one has picked up on, like I was sitting in a reading and, you know, I was mentioning something around like, cause there's this concept of like curses, right? These patterns that we constantly have in life. Like I just, I can't get a job. Every time I get a job, it, you know, it just falls through and I get fired. Right. So I was talking about this pattern or this curse that she's noticing in her life and in her energy, it sits in her stomach and there's like an illness. And she was like, wow, no one has ever picked up on this illness. And every time I go to the doctor, I've gone this and that, they can't figure it out. Right. And a lot of times when there are certain health issues or medical problems that, that like the, even the medical world just can't name it and label it and find a prescription for it is because there's a spiritual problem behind it on, on an energetic, because everything is happening in the spiritual realm first in our physical life, we have the experience, right? So when I'm able to tune into the root causes of things, it's really powerful for people because they feel affirmed and mm-hmm. access to another way. Sometimes people's ancestors where I can tell things about people's ancestors that it's like, oh, there was this type of ancestor that went through this thing or they died. And, you know, the illness is that they died with is still impacting the family. That ancestor may have been like, oh, my uncle who passed had cancer. And now my mom and my cousin and my youngest, you know, whatever it is, it's like it's a generational curse. So it's like I think that what really resonates is when something is said from a channeling space that it's like it can instantly link into something that's happening in their lives. And then we can do something about it or approach it in a way that they haven't before. And how would you get rid of that curse? Yeah. So our way is very like, even though there's certain things that we do for everybody, it's very personal and specific to each person. I may use rosemary to bathe a person and steam a person to cleanse their aura because some, the way that we work with plants is similar to like Reiki. It works on an auric level on your energetic body. And so a prescription of a certain amount of days or 
intentions and prayers with those plants will help shift the energy within you to open up the way for blockages to release. So I've had people, and it it looks a number of different ways. And sometimes I say like, I don't know what this is going to do for you. I just know that this is what needs to be done. And then we see what, what unfolds from there. So sometimes it's counsel, sometimes it's work with plant medicines, sometimes it's it's um, ceremony, because sometimes people who are gifted, right, who have a calling to be a shaman, they've never been in this, and, and they've had kundalini awakening experiences where they felt the energy start to come up and they felt shaky in their body. From an indigenous perspective, now we would have brought in the drums and that person would be able to shake all of the, the blockages. And then when the wounds start to clear, then the light starts to come and you start to see who is the ancestral guide that is channeling through this person that has the shamanic ability, right? So we cultivate rituals to hold space for the birthing process because healing is a birthing process there's an aspect of something new that is coming in but a lot of pain that is being shed in order for that thing to come through um so i hope that was a good metaphor because it can look a lot of different ways yes the plant medicine so go through that because you in your initiation it's a three-year process it, was. Um, it's, it varies. In our, it's a dreaming tradition. So you move forward in your process based on what you see and receive from your own guidance system through dreams or visions and, and the different ways that spirit speaks to us. So mm-hmm. the plants, we work with plants a number of different ways. There are certain plants that are just used for general healing a number of different ways, like spiritual bathing, steaming, sweating, um, certain medicines that we take to vomit and purge things out. And then there's also certain medicines that are more in the dreaming and initiatory or rites of passage state where they help you to connect and unpack the information that's in your DNA. For example, we have a medicine that works on our feminine energy, right? It's a a mixture of medicines that we pray with for, for days and weeks at a time. And during those days, you will receive certain visions or certain things will move in your life to help you understand why my feminine energy is out of balance. What happened to me when I was born? What happened when in my puberty stage, right? And having those realizations, and it's also shadow work, seeing how I'm suppressing my own feminine energy. And then what ancestral experiences, because then you'll dream about certain things that your ancestors might have gone through, right? How their land was stolen, right? Or how this feminine energy was repressed or how the witches were burned, right? And how that impacted you specifically and what you need to, on a psychological level, process that. And then on a ritualistic level, because once you're aware of the problem, then when we clear it, right, with, with, with ritual or canceling of things, then it can really be solidified. Because sometimes we do rituals like, oh, I don't have money, right? And you do a, a, a money spell and you get a little bit of money, but then you have the same problem again. Because on a psychological level, you haven't seen where the root problem was in you in your lineage, in your past lives, right? And understood it and integrated into how my actions today are allowing this spell to continue, right? So there's the psychological aspect and then the energetic aspect that opens up the door for you to have a different experience. So you can help someone create money, create abundance. Yes. By getting rid of their blocks that they've had, their like past lives, on and on and on. Have you seen people like come out of that and go, oh my gosh, my uh, bank account has tripled or whatever, (laughs) you know, I mean, is that. 
Yes. I mean, I haven't worked with a lot of super business people, but it's like they'll do the, I'll give two examples. One, they'll do their work they'll get into the work and they don't know nothing about their family history. It's like, I don't really know past my grandparents. No one talks about it. I can't find any information. They do the work. And next thing they know, someone on um, genetic, you know, DNA test.com contacted me and they're my cousin. And now I have all this information about my family or they're moving into a space of ritual. And it's like, there was this ancestor who, you know, had their money stolen and da, 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 and we ritualized that and we cleared the energy. And then someone it's like a job offer comes, right? It's not always super like grand amounts, but it's like, it opens up the way for things to shift and for you to get to the next thing. And the next thing, a lot of times, especially with money and abundance, it's not about, it's really about root cause. Cause you don't need to do an extra thing to ask for your birthright and to ask for your blessings. Money is like water. It flows. So it's really just about what is in the river that is blocking it. And a lot of times it's a deeper root issue. Like what? I, I guess I'll, I can speak for myself. I have my, 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 a lot of my abundance issues were, were dealt with my feminine energy. I grew up in a family where my father's side was, was like just the, the son, right? We always spent time with his side of the family. We always went to his village. I can tell you more about my father's side of the family than my mother's. I never noticed in my life that that was happening. Right. Hmm. And, and I'm very, I'm an air sign. I'm very intellectual, very action oriented, but my feminine energy requires us to be more intuitive, right. More flow. It doesn't have to make sense to manifest. Right. If I embody this energy, right. It will come to me. So for me, it was like learning how to slow down, knowing how to feel the answer to what needs to happen right now, and then move in action with the answer that I receive. Because sometimes I can just boom, 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 and not ask that gods or the ancestors or the angels or nature what it is that they're noticing is off in my life. Mm -hmm. So when I started to embrace more of my, my mother's side of the family, ask more questions, like really listen to my mother, because sometimes she's like, make sure you have earrings on every day. And I was like, mom, like that's superficial. But my ancestors on that side of the family have taught me how Beauty is a sacred art. There's a spirit to beauty. We only know the superficial level. But now that I've embraced these small things that don't seem related to money, right? Uh -huh. It's like, I don't even have to act. Certain opportunities just come. Huh. So I've learned how to work hard, be in my masculine energy to get things, but also how to be in my feminine energy and allow things to flow. We need both. We need both and it needs to be in balance. Yes. 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 Because <laughs> um, I was, you know, the yin and the yang, right? Understanding shamanism, like in order to become a millionaire, like mm -hmm. if we're talking about money, I need yeah. to embody that as me, as my energetic being. I yes. need to embody what it would feel like to be a millionaire. Is yes. that what you're talking about? Is that absolutely yes? Explain that. So if you're working with me and I say, Makosi, I want to be, I want to triple my income in my business. I, I want to have, you know, seven figures. Yes. And I'm you know, blocked and I'm, I just, I'm not, nothing's moving. Yes. So, you know, in the business world, what you would do is sign up for a mastermind. You would learn more budgeting techniques and all of that. Right. I'm just giving that example. And we would also look at your limiting money beliefs. Right. right. So, just this, it's the same thing, but from a shamanic perspective, right? Your limiting beliefs come from your soul story, which you've actually lived in this life, right? 
and then your past life or ancestral stories. So we have to investigate. That's what divination is or oracle readings and spiritual readings from this perspective is the investigation, the asking the question, going beyond the surface, seeing what is hidden, seeing what is in the unconscious part of our mind. Right. And so in order for us to do that, there's the therapeutic aspect of like talking to you. But we it's like going into inside. That's why we look at the dreams. That's why we look at the visions. That's why we look at the emotions that you feel because you sometimes we feel like we start to talk about money and you feel something in your heart. Right. But we, we hold space for you to process that through song, through the medicines, through the processes that I've described. All of those things help unpack. And it's I hold space with mirroring back to you what that says. So it's like, oh, we started to do this work on your business. You had this dream where you were speaking with this man who was like a millionaire and this and this and this happened. And I start to break down and interpret that dream in a way that kind of gives you the insight of what to do, right? Within yourself to shift your money, you know, mindset. Like what though? Like what? Give me an example. So... Yeah, it's interesting, this metaphor with with like six figures. So I would say that, so one, to open up the the space of finding the the limits and in the belief system around money is what I described about the dream work and dream tracking, right? And then the result of that will be different levels of things, right? Mindset things, you know, because that dream work is going to illuminate and bring more awareness, right? From like a meditative perspective. And when you're more aware of your actions and what your actions are doing, it's like, wow, I keep doing this and it creates that, right? So you have awareness just about your own personal internal decisions of things to do. And when it comes to like the practicality of actions, those awarenesses are going to inspire you to make the action because I'm, as a shaman, my job isn't to answer every question. I don't, tend to like to be like, should I do this business contract or this business contract with this company? It's like, we look at both energies because at least what I've noticed with divination is that they'll say, oh, if you take this contract with these people, I see that this is going to go really easily or this part and this part is going to be difficult. Like they're going to give you so much money, but then they're going to like make it difficult for you to actually attain it. It's like 50 papers that you have to sign or contracts and and things. Right. And there's an aspect of that, that may be worth it to you. Right. Like I'm willing to go through that and get this. Right. And then on this side, there's other elements. Right. So it's about bringing in more awareness of the energy of what you're doing so that you can make a decision because every um, contract and business has a light and a dark side to it. Right. And that dark side, usually involves something within you that you need to overcome. Because if this company is saying that it is making everything very rigid for you to get what you want, then we need to start to look at where you are rigid, right? Like a mirror, like a mirror, like a mirror, because that vulnerability within you is what allows access for other people to treat you that way. Got it. Oh, see, that's a great way. You know, I'm always about like, you know, what you see on the outside is what's inside of you. So that's really what you're looking at. So if I viewed that company as rigid and all that's in me, or I wouldn't even see it as rigid. Exactly. Ah, I got it. Cozy. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Okay. So are people having dreams more when they're working with you? Because, I mean, sometimes I'll have dreams and I'm like, I can't imagine it meaning something. But we describe dream state because I know, explain to like, you know, I know that when you're dreaming, that's actually happening. 
Yes. Will you explain that? That's so fascinating. I love to talk to my girls about, because we always talk about our dreams. I go, that really happened. You were, your soul was in that dream experiencing that, right? Yes. Yes. I have a, a podcast, a whole podcast just on dreams because it is another world that's parallel to this world. It's, it's how our unconscious mind speaks to us from an indigenous perspective, because we're in this, the dream state is like a trance state or an altered state. And we say that the ancestors visit us at that time, or the gods visit us or the elements of nature visit us to speak to or, or our higher self is showing us images to tell us a story about what's really going on beyond the surface, right? So these spaces are are really valuable from an indigenous perspective. And the dreams aren't just what you're doing when you're sleeping. It's also the visions, right? Or what comes to you when you're meditating. It's similar spaces. Um, And so I kind of teach people to look at the symbolisms and the characters in their dreams a certain way, just as, because I guess an example that I could give is like, cause you know, you sometimes dream of a lot with like someone, like there's a friend, right? Uh-huh. And this person, actually, this is a good example. This person had this dream where like he was at a movie theater and he was with this friend and his friend was kind of annoying. He kept like poking his head in front of the screen. And so he, his, he couldn't really see the screen because his friend was just being really annoying, like not useful, you know, all of these things. And so I'm like, okay, this, and he's beside you, right? So someone that is walking with you in a dream is the energy that's inside of you and a spirit that you're walking with, an archetype that you're working with. How do you distract yourself from seeing the movie that God wants you to see? How are are you not being useful, right? How do you doubt yourself, right? Or how do you interrupt, you know, the streamline that you receive in your mind? So it's like, Really, and then, you know, that's more on a personal level, but dreams are also space where people discover their spiritual guides. I can tell what type of spiritual gifts that someone has through their dreams. When people are flying a lot in the dreams, that represents the element of air, that represents the element of the mind, telepathic abilities, supernatural abilities. Flying is associated with shamans, right? And how you're flying in the dream may be speaking to how your gift is presenting itself. It's like you're floating up in the air, but you can't get high or you're like struggling. You know, the way that you're flying in dream will talk to us about how you feel about, you know, your own intuitive and and gifted or talented abilities in any field. You describe intuitive, like listening to your voice, your higher self, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. How do you explain that? I think one of the best, you know, things that modern culture has described is the Claire's, Claire audience, Claire sentience, Claire, all the other ones. Right. <laughs> and so it's about how you feel. It's about what you see. It's about what you hear. And even just the omens and the signs and symbols around you. When I first started talking about ancestors and dreams, the story that I liked, because this is a very practical thing in, in West Africa and Ghana, they tell this thing where like the healers when they're walking through the forest right and they trip at the ends the roots of a tree it means that that they should collect that bark and like bait with it or use it as medicine because that tree has medicine for you right Hmm. and it's like that's something you would never think about when we're walking in the street and we trip over something it's like we curse that thing (laughs) and like why did this have to happen right and so with intuition and dreams it's just about relearning the language of what is already happening with us okay we're sensing instinct beings we how just want you, to focus on that we just yeah. what, have to learn how to focus on that 
refocus and move through the limiting constructs that we have around imagination because we are told, most of us were told that our dreams weren't significant. It was nothing to it. Even if like something happened the next day that was similar, it's just like, oh, that was a thing. But it's a whole art. And, you know, one of in ancient Kemet, in, in ancient Egypt, where a lot of spiritual religions, you know, were birthed out of, there was a whole science to dreaming. They would interpret people's dreams. They would interpret the dreams of the community because our collective dreams are also prophesizing about the world and what's coming. You hear about people having dreams of like the world coming to an end. And then we experience things in the world that seem like it's coming to the end. Yeah. Tell me your take on what is going on. What are, is the world coming to an end <laughs> from Makosi's her yeah. studies? Her dreams. <laughs> I do think it is in, in, in a sense, you know, death has a very different perspective from a shamanic context. It's not always physical. Sometimes it's a spiritual death and we die many times. Um, it's, it's just about change and transformation. And so I do think, I, I do see, it's not even really that I think it's like, if I look at the patterns of what's happening in the world, you know, one thing that's unique to me, especially with the health crisis that we're, the global health crisis that we're experiencing now is that like, this is something that's happening that everyone has to make a decision. It's not just one section. It's not just one country, everyone. Right. Where do you the see? The world has to change. Right. And so in your studies and your, all the things that you do, your rituals as a shaman, mm. Do you try to seek the truth? Do you look within? Do you look, be, you know, do you look in the past and the future and the present and go all in that, you know, the timeline, the spherical way of looking at time instead of linear? You know, how do you look at that? Absolutely. You know, being prophetic, I consider to be not just the ability to see the future, but the ability to tap into the past, present and future and see what others can't see. And that's been um, a very natural thing that I've experienced. It's not necessarily that I force upon like God's tell me what's going to happen to the earth, but it's information that I allow to come when it comes. And it is and because I particularly and I'm a very curious question, curious, George oriented person. I am asking these questions and deeply sitting with them and, you know, having realizations that are that sit well with me and also having realizations that I feel are important to share with my community or in the world. Because I think we're all, you know, whether you're a shaman or not, we're all receiving information that will be useful to all of us. And, and, and I do feel not just in my story, but in other story, people's story that we are here to help each other prepare. Prepare for what? Prepare for the new world. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we are moving into a new world. I mean, we have to be doing something, you know, there's, it's, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine we're not ever going back. That's for sure. Yeah. And for me, if, if I'm honest, the new world is mostly in our mind. I think it's just about waking up and awakening and tapping what they call awakening, what they call enlightenment. You know, we've been living in a world where we think that some people can wake up. And what we're realizing is that we all will at some point. And we, will we all in this lifetime, will we see this shift in our life? I mean, I'm 53. So do you think? It'll be in the next, like, what do you see? The next 20 years, 100 years? Yeah, tell me your predict, your opinion. My personal opinion. I did, for the longest time, I didn't think that it would in our lifetime. But lately, for the first time, I've been feeling like it's very possible. 
Huh. Like Why? I would, I wouldn't be surprised. Why? Because of my, my, because of the personal, because for me, we, I've had many awakenings and I believe that we all wake up many times. And when I sit with the awakening experiences that I've had, you know, they have demolished my own limiting belief systems. I thought that it would take 20 years before I would be able to speak like this, think like this, feel like the way that I do now. Right. Yes. And, you know, first demolishing that within myself. And then now as a, a what we call a gobella, because I'm not just a shaman that does healing. I'm a shaman that also trains other shamans. Oh. And now that I'm in the process of cultivating other people, it's like I'm seeing within other people those limitations demolish. You know, you got filmmakers, you got writers, you got artists, you got scientific people, you got lawyers that are being called to be shamans. That is breaking down a lot of my beliefs about what I think is capable. Doctors, medical doctors that do surgery. That's breaking down my limiting beliefs about what I think can happen in people's minds all over the continent, in any culture, in any situation. So, you know, I look at my life in the last two years since Mm -hmm. 2020 completely. My limiting beliefs, <laughs> I live a very neutral life. I've gone through a lot of spiritual practice and I I work on my growth every single day and I see a difference in my life. It's night and day. So I think of, when I think of two years, you know, what I was like in 2020 versus 2022, Ashley 2.0 or whatever I am now, you know, that's a short time. You know, but before I thought I was great and, you know, I was growing and learning and always seeking and, you know, but I think the shift and I'm trying to pick that up is, is this time that we're in now or the last since 2020, there's something speeding up this, you know, what, who I'm surrounding myself, who am I, who I'm attracting, even having this podcast and attracting you, like, you know, where did that come from? It's just, I connect with what your message is. I connect with what you are. I connect like, am I, is my ancestor, like, are we, we're one talk about the oneness. Like I am you, you are me. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. I really feel like that's what it, cause if if alignment is about merging with God and God knows that it is one, then that's ultimately what we're all, you know, um, reaching. And I see it reflected in every aspect of my practice as well. And I think, right. tell me that we, go a little bit there. So what you see it reflected in your practice? Yes. So for example, because I, you know, I'm in a unique situation where I get to listen to many people's dreams, right? many people's um, personal internal life. And the fact that I can see how everyone is receiving the same types of symbolisms in their dreams. And also things that I've experienced in my spiritual journey that I've never heard anybody else talk about. It's like, I'm talking to a person to tell me the dream and I'm like, I received the same thing huh. in a similar way. And we're, and I'm seeing how like, you know, cause in the spiritual community right now, they're like, Everyone has, especially with like animal totems, for example, everyone has this concept that like we have one main animal totem, right? And so if you're the horse and I'm the owl, like that's it and da 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 da. But as an example, you know, if I'm the owl, I'm seeing everyone having a connection with the owl. Okay. Because I, when you say an animal totem, do, do I have one specifically for me? I believe that we all, 
when you think about it's like the seasons of nature, you know, and I talk about this in a really much more detailed way on my podcast. So I'm just summarizing. Um, but when just like we go through phases, we have phases when we're really up and we have phases where we're really down and we have phases where we're really creative and phases where we're da, da, da. it's like we have certain animal totems or spirits and energies that are like the forefront of what we're expressing right now, right? So we have some that are born in because it comes with the lineage that we are part of. I come from people who lived in spaces that were next to the lion and they had a sacred relationship with the lion or the snake. And so that memory is inside of me. I have some animal totems that come because of the spiritual gifts that I have, because the ability to see and travel in the spiritual realm to find answers is the wisdom of the owl, right? And there are times when, um, you know, that these collective of guides are sitting with us, but taking turns based on where we are, we're at in our life or the lessons that we're learning. Because sometimes the line isn't just there because you're super confident. Sometimes the line is there because you need confidence right now. Oh, okay. Cause I, I'm a, I, I'm attracted to owls and it's funny that you even bring up an owl out of all the animals in the, in the world. Um, but I have this thing with owls. Is that, you know, so would that be something that if I sat with you and I say, gosh, I really have something with owls, would you go deep in there? Like that's something in my subconscious that is attracted to me against for the Adam or not? I think the best thing to think about it is that like when I sit with people for the first time, I tune into the energy that wants to come forth at that time. So it may be like. Uh, the owl really wants to say something or a grandmother spirit really wants to say something. It depends on what I tune into. And the thing about shamanic work is that it's ongoing. So usually we, 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 we tap into those first messages because those first messages, that first guide, you can think of them as like a gatekeeper, right? And they're like, in order for you to go anywhere, right? You need to address this. And then once we open that door, more things start to come through. And then we, that's why I I think I mentioned the word tracking, like dream tracking, because it's not just about one moment. It's about the many moments and the greater story. And so as these guys start to come through, we see what they're saying and we work with them. And then they move us to the next thing or the next guide or the next energy, or they circle us back around. So I would tap in and I would tune into what comes through for me. And also based on what you share, you know, because you may say I have a really strong connection to owls and it always comes up when I'm doing this thing or I actually had a dream or, you know, sometimes I just see feathers on the ground. Right. So I would listen to where the connection is, is showing up for you and interpret that. OK. And tell me about like your when you think of spirit guides or are the angels and are you connect? Is that a shaman? Do you connect with that, too? With yeah. them, With that realm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way I think most shamanic traditions kind of express things through the elements. So if we think about the earth, the air, the fire, the water and ether, right? Our ancestors, like those sections, right? They all have energies to them and we have spiritual guides within those branches, right? So you may have more earth, a lot of earth oriented spiritual guides, whether they're ancestors, actual people, whether they're angels that are associated with that element, whether they're animals associated with that element. So more things that crawl on the ground or more things that fly or the fire, fire breathing dragons could come up for you. Right. So to me, all of these types of spiritual guides are all elements that we all have. We all have earth inside of us. We all have fire. We all have air. 
We all have water. And it's just that for some people, there are one or two elements that are very much present with them and it may be their strength. And then as they start to unravel that, it opens up the way for them to connect with others. And so I don't always, for me, it's like, I can even tell, even if you just have a dream where it's a situation around water and the water, you're having this whole experience about water, but there's also a woman on the boat that's not even doing anything, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a woman present there. And so what are the water spirits saying about the feminine energy within you? So through the elements as well, I can tell what types of guides are there and through the guides as well, because an ancestor may come standing next to a mountain, right? To show you that I may not always show you my face, but every time you see this mountain, I'm speaking to you. Hmm. Huh. Gosh, you know. I'm going to think of my dreams in a whole different way now after meeting you. <laughs> we, Yay, we do our dream so- a- analogies a lot in it, in this family. And it's, this is way beyond that. <laughs> um, talk about like, I was just thinking of fe- feminine energy and mother earth and how, you know, the, everyone says like Gaia, you know, it's like the, you know, the major weather transit, all the things that are happening in this world that, is shaking up Mother Earth. And do you see it going more toward the feminine? Is that where we're moving toward and getting away from the masculine? I mean, look, you know, you look at the the political situation and the race, the, you know, Black Lives Matter, all the things that happened this year, the last two years, the Me Too movement, you know, all these things that have kind of shown like there's a shift here that's happening in my mind. Is that something that you believe? Yes. And the way that I would articulate it is at least it's a pattern that I'm noticing is that we're healing the wounded masculine in all of us, not just in men in women as well, in, in all gender expressions in order to realize our marriage to the feminine. Right. I think it's not about going in the masculine or going in the feminine. It's about remembering how God is androgynous. Right. How to how to exist at both as both and know what that really means, and just the era that we were are in has been so focused on the masculine like wounds, right? That have impacted the feminine. There may have there was you know we th- say there was a matriarchal time, but we barely remember what that was like, right? right. And we we don't know. And then, and then even the matri- there are dark shadow sides to the matriarchal energy as well. So I just think that we're in an era where the masculine wound has just been so strong that it needs to remember its relationship with the feminine and how they worked together. Do you see, or do you believe like going into the age of Aquarius, I've interviewed people that talk about, you know, moving on into this, you know, going from 3D to 5D. I don't know if that's a sh- shamanism. What is your take on that? Yes, I feel that. I feel because I'm not deep. I am very, I enjoy astrology. I'm not super deep in, in my understanding and study of it. But the things that I hear said about the age of Aquarius makes sense to me and the ending of the stage that we're in with what I was saying about awakening. All right. And so for me, it aligns. If Whether it's called the age of Aquarius or whether it's called the 5D, I don't know what it's right. called. But I do feel the energy of what they're saying. And I think that 
you know, again, our imagination is going to expand around that because right now people are imagining and they're seeing and the light is coming through around what this new world is. And it's only like partial and we're going to get to see the whole thing. Yeah. And using your imagination, teaching people to, you know, you think of when we were kids, you know, that's all we did was, you know, play and have imagination and have that, you know, that was like part of our, who we were. And then we just start having our limiting beliefs that shut down the imagination But now we're shifting into this new, I mean, I feel like, you know, saying the 3D to the 5D. I mean, I've people, you know, I've been listening to that, you know, seeing other realms clearer, being more connected to your guides and your, Mm. you know, the oneness that we share. Mm. The time I want, we're coming to the end, but I want you to explain, I mean, maybe say anything that I haven't asked you, like what, what's something that you're really, you believe so strongly that I haven't asked you that you would love for my listeners to take on this last bit of our conversation. Yeah. Just feeling into some of the things that you've said and the ways that you've asked about shamanism. I think that the main thing about the shaman is that we've surrendered to our life's purpose and have um, accepted initiation as a right, like the rites of passage, right? Because, you know, this concept of vision quest, this concept of like, you know, how Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. It's like, we're just people who have decided to accept the fact that something's going on and I'm going to go into it, right? right? And whether or not you decide to go into the cave, life is initiating you, Right. Because if you can say, even if you say no to the cave, it's like they're going to make you have that lesson at work. And the medicine that I really resonate right now in my work is rites of passages from an indigenous, especially African perspective. Rites of passage was a way of life. There would have been a ceremony of rites of passage when you were born. There would have been one at puberty, then into adulthood, then marriage, then the, the rites of passage of your profession, your role in society death rituals, stepping into eldership, right? These were things that were just the foundation of life as existence, right? And what I'm realizing is what I was talking about, like not just doing a spell and over, you know, just quickly trying to get money and going deeper into it is, it's also about honoring the spaces of transition in our life. And I feel like that's what spiritual work can do for anybody is to help people because you're having issues around your life purpose, because from my perspective, your birth story, what was going on when your mother was holding you in her womb? What were you experiencing when you first came out? How were you introduced into your family that has you so disconnected from your life's purpose, right? So for me, I think that just introducing more the concepts of rites of passages, the facts that when something starts to get irky in your life, like you are meant to take a pause and go back into the cave or the mother's, the divine mother's womb to receive her teachings at any age and at any stage. Because from our perspective, it's like just the, the, the Umbungoma, the Sangoma perspective. It's like, if that birth ritual and ceremony wasn't done, you're going to still have to do it at 40. Ah, got it. Huh. So fascinating. Oh, I mean, I could talk to you all day. You're so (laughs) amazing. So you heal, you do sessions, tell people what you do and and where to find you and your podcasts and all that. Yes, absolutely. My main communication channel is my website, sacredliberation.com. And on that page, you will see my sessions page. I offer readings. That's usually the first entry point 
of like receiving spiritual help is like, let's see what the problem is first and let's ask the gods and all of them. And then after that, there's options for booking sessions or rites of passages programs, working with the plants and, and, and herbs and, and, and things are, are all available on my website. Access to my social media accounts and podcasts are on there to listen to freely. And yeah, I feel like most people, because I, I, I've, I've had, I've put a lot of content up in the, over the years. And I feel like if you just start to listen to anything that I've posted, you'll know what you need. <laughs> if there's anything that you need i'm sure you'll 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 sense it um after listening to your instagram or um my podcast podcast. or or the the blog posts the youtube videos um i really these initial questions i really try to um step into and share so that people are clear about what's next for them in their own life whether it's like oh i need guidance or oh, I just need to meditate more. Oh, I just need to incorporate more elements, right? Because one of the, our meditation is more in the altar work and the prayer and the lighting of candles and communicate, lighting this candle for this particular spirit that has revealed themselves to you and cultivating a relationship, right? So these types of questions, like how do I connect with my ancestors? What do I need to do? Like, what does it even look like? Because I don't even know what to expect if it's already happening, right? right. Um, so I really try to share those things on the podcast so you know what space of what to do you are in. What's the podcast? What is your podcast? My podcast is called Ancestral Dreams, Omens, and Prophecies. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others. Those are the main ones. So like in 10 years from now, what do you see yourself doing? Wow. I honestly would be happy with anything. (laughs) I really see myself having to do less because more people (laughs) will have done what I've done. (laughs) There's going to be more help in community. That's all I really see. It could be in a center. It could be in one room. It could be on a mountain. But I just see more people doing this together. And, um, and, 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 And I also see more value and more respect being given to all traditions of spirituality. That's my desire because I don't step into my work saying everyone has to do what I'm saying. I'm saying, are you okay with receiving what this has to offer and respecting it? Because I think that there's been, we know that there's been so much fear around indigenous way of being, African way of being, anything that's not the norm or the standard or the three main religions. And it's like these traditions, you know, at least what my spirit has given me is that sometimes we look at the old way, like, oh, that's the old way. Let's evolve. I'm with that. I'm not about going backwards. I'm about, it's like, do you really know what you were given? Can you take that with your imagination and your evolution into the future? Because I think we, we, there's a certain level of value and respect that we have forgotten from the ancient ways and the first peoples and how much they are part of who we are. Yeah, that, that's the thing about the shamanism that I've learned so much about is, I mean, the ancestor um, aspect. And I guess, you know, if I was going to, that would be so fascinating to me and why I want to have a session with you is to learn that, to tell me how you would go about, how would I start seeing my ancestors or sensing them or knowing them. Yeah. You know, a reading will help me tune into things that are specific to you personally, but I, and and, and I also like to kind of get a sense of what types of practices people are already in. Honestly, 
I could tell you to do anything. <laughs> you know, I could tell you to light a candle. I could tell you to talk to them more. I could tell you to go to the tree and do this A, B, and C, right? And what I'm learning more is that I really feel like my strength is an interpretation. It's like, what are you experiencing? And let me help you see it differently. Because the reason why I started the dream podcast is that even if you don't dream every day, even if you don't dream often, you have already received something from your ancestors that you didn't know was significant, right? Like my father, I would dream a lot about my, my father in my, like, I didn't really see my ancestors. Right. But my father would show up. And one time, like a long time ago, he, it was him, it was his face, but it didn't really look like him. He also looked like somebody else. And that's when I I had the simple understanding that I keep seeing my father because it's not my father. It's his ancestors that are speaking to me to a familiar space because my, his father died when I was young. I don't have a memory of his face. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet a lot of the older people in his family. Even his, some of his brothers and sisters passed when I was young. So if they came to me in a dream, I wouldn't know that they were them. Right. But they use my father, the familiarity, because we're mm-hmm. children in the eyes of God. They're using pictures and stories and puzzles to teach us something. Right. And just because I could shift that viewpoint of like, oh, that side of the lineage is speaking of this scenario and da, 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 da. And then it's like, I'll say something to somebody and it's like something that they already received. Like, even if it's something like I need to drink more water. Right. But now they know why and who. Hmm. And I think that making people's lived experiences more seen drawing the lines and the signs of the omens and the greater story is what people really need because you can do a ritual and miss the whole thing. But when we're doing a ritual together, for example, in ceremony, it's like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing you start to feel things and I'm not letting you skip over it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you saw that? Let's unpack it right now. Oh, you're feeling that? Let's tune deeper into that in your body. And you're going to be able to tell me the story of what it means. I've been having dreams about my dad. He passed away uh, 15 years ago and I'll have dreams. He'll come to my dream and I just, you just flashed something in my mind, but gosh, what a great way to, to look at it. And instead of it, it's him, I see him and he's young and he looks, you know, so, you know, healthy and so young. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he was, it, it was like, he'd love to shop. And he, the other night he was like shopping and I was like, oh, he looks so happy. And I looked over at him. What's that mean? <laughs> cozy? Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a really, if there were other things in the dreams, we could unpack that. But that is such a simple way that ancestors have passed can let us know how they're doing in the spiritual realm. Oh. He had this young energy. He was happy. He was this, he was that, you know, because sometimes an ancestor will come and it's like, they're not talking or they're sick or the, da, 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 and that'll speak to an elevation that needs to happen. Right. But if they're coming and they're well, that means that they are, are aren't just family in the spiritual realm, but they may be acting as a guide and a guardian for you. Right. Mm-hmm. That means because they're well, that means they can help you and support you because they love they're well and they loved you so much. Your prayer to this particular ancestor is going to manifest things much quicker than this person that you have no relationship or understanding of. Right. So we're also being shown like who is helping us access more in the spiritual realm. Right. And then we can conversate like, wow, father, you know, you came to me in my dreams. You were well. I'm so happy that you showed yourself to me. You know, if there is some aspect of my own well-being that I can embrace through where you are 
spiritually and your knowledge right now, embrace it. If you're leading me to be more active, right? Can you clarify it? Because sometimes, you know, you'll receive these things and you know that they're there, but then it's like, do you want to engage in a conversation? And that's mm-hmm. when the question and the answer starts to happen. And when you ask the question, you start to listen to how it comes because the next time that he comes in a dream, he'll be in a different scenario of that energy. And mm-hmm. now you're like, oh, let me relate that to my questions. Right. Yes. Right? Okay. Life. But to be very active in the questions and be have that communication. Yes. That's what prayer is, is for me. It's not just... Uh, oh God, and and please and thank you, because because the way that we talk about praying to the ancestors is talking about them like you're your family members right now. Hey, I'm leaving the house to go to work to do this thing. Like you know, can you align the energies from what you see so that everything goes well there? Hey, I just came back from that place. The person said this. That they said that it made me feel this way. You know, it made me that it's like involving them. Because they're already having this conversation with you. Now you're being an active co-creator and witness to the journey. Okay. I love that. Like if they, they call you on the phone and it's like, I'm going to respond back. (laughs) So you're, are you talking out loud or are you doing it in your mind? I do both. Okay. Um, We were encouraged to start with talking out loud because most people, that's just even a new thing that they need to break out of. But even talking within yourself in breath work and meditation, when you're focused on your third eye, you can, you can layer these, these spiritual practices um, together. Okay. Oh my gosh. So much, so much. We could have part two for sure. <laughs> anyway, so fun to meet you. So Thank you fun. for being here. I want everyone to go check out your website, your podcast, and uh, get to know Makosi because I am a complete fan. I like cannot wait to have a reading. I can't wait to have a session with you. Hey, I look forward to it as well. So grateful as well. It's a beautiful conversation. I look forward to connecting with you and blessings to your community and the sacred work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. My I love it. So it's my passion, right? When you have that feeling. Yes, like you do. All right. So nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.